it's time for Larry Knows Sports. My guest tonight, contributor to Daily Knicks fan-sided and Razorbacks fan-sided, Thursday, January 27th, 6 p.m. Max, how's it going? It's been a little while since you've been on the show. It's going pretty good for me. I mean, uh, you know, it's not going great for the Knicks right I now. I know. But, but it is, I, I think personally, I'm, I'm excelling, I would say. Yeah, that's good to, good to hear. Uh, I think I'm doing all right as well. You know, can't let can't let the the sports life interfere with the regular life yeah i love that we i love that we agreed on today uh to tape you know uh, uh last week sometime we agreed to tape today and it, it just so happens to be the day after one of the worst performances all season long yeah yeah i think like this season it keeps going kind of back and forth it's like i believe maybe this team is going to get it going or maybe they're not and then they'll have a, di- a day where, you know, RJ and Randall are having it going in the same game and then the next game not. So, yeah, we'll talk about that because um, you're a big Randall fan, um, I would say, or at least maybe a week yes. ago that was the case. You are a big no, fan. No, that, that, that is still, I, I toyed with the idea of wearing my Randall jersey to nice. the, the taping today. Like, I, I thought about it. I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely a Randall guy, though I, I recognize that's becoming a, a harder and harder leg to stand on. That's, that's, becoming, that's, <laughs> that's becoming a leg to stand on with a Kimball Walker knee uh, in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, an arthritic Kimball Walker knee. So... Yeah, I mean, how, so because it's becoming a harder like to stand on, like, what do you think has been the problem, if there is a problem with Randall this season? I mean, there's definitely a problem, but like, what what do you see it as? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just not making shots that he made last year, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of, I think a lot of our feelings about him go away if he's shooting at the same percentage he shot at, same efficiency as, as last year. I would say the the sort of apologist in me is like league shooting is down, right? The last time the league switched balls, shooting also dropped the following season, right? So th- there is there is some of that that you can blame, but I I I don't want to blame it all on that. But I, I think that's the that's the most simple piece, right? It's just like if he were shooting better, everything else would kind of fall into place, right? Uh, the people love to talk about his turnovers. He, he, he's only averaging like 0.1 more turnovers a game this year mm-hmm. than he did last year or his first year. Like he's always, he's always been a dude that hovers around 3.5 turnovers a game. Like that's kind of who he is, but we didn't care last year because players were converting on assists and he was averaging 23 points a game. Right. Turn that, turn that now to uh, he's only shooting, you know, 30 something percent from the floor and, and it looks like a very different player. Yeah. So I mean, like he's one of his one of the pieces of his game is the mid range shot, and um, the mid range shot when it, it's it's one of those things you kind of can only do if you're good at it, because otherwise, like your efficiency is just going to be terrible. Is there something specific about those type of shots? Because there are games where he like he's getting to the rim and he's taking shots at the rim, and it, it's kind of working well for him. But I feel like when he's kind of settling for those where he can't get inside and he's settling for those mid-range jumpers, that's that's where he has like the the bad Randall game. That's where we see the bad Randall. 
Do you think there's, is there anything different about his shot selection this year versus last year? Yeah. I mean, I, one of the bigger, one big thing I've noticed is a, I rarely see him take a corner three, right? Like that is, mm-hmm. that is not a thing that, that happens very frequently. He shoots okay at them uh, when he does. Right. Um, but that's not a thing that's happening. It also just like it, it seemed like last year he, he used his ability to, to drive and his ability to score in the paint to set up his outside shot. And, and now it kind of feels like he's, he's done the inverse, which is he, I, I feel like the first shot every game is, is a step back three or a step back, uh, you know, long two. Um, he also, last year, I also felt like he had this knack for, like end of possession, end of shot clock, end of half kind of shots that, that they seem to go down at a much higher frequency. Like I, if, if he gets the ball in his hands and there's 12 seconds left in the half, he, he clears everyone else off and he takes that shot. Right. Last year, I feel like he made a lot of those that he's not, he's not making right now. There was also that he had that move last year that worked for him a ton. That was like a, a, a fade away from, from the left baseline, yeah. right. That went in, went in like every time, right. Like it, it was seemingly unstoppable and that shot's not falling for him. Right. So I don't even necessarily know if it is, if it, the big selection piece I think would be that it seems like he's trying to use the outside game to establish his interior presence. And I think that should be reversed. Um, the other thing is just like, again, he, the shots that he was taking and making last year aren't, aren't falling. He is, you, you said it though. Like you were, you're absolutely right. Like he is best. He is best when he is operating out of like between the nail and the restricted area, right? Like if he is, when he is operating both, both, both as a, a scorer and a distributor, he's at his best when he's there. And, and I do feel like he's there a little less this year. Some of that is, is what opposing defenses are doing, but I, I definitely feel like we find him in that zone a, a little less frequently this year than last year. So his, I mean, one of the great things about him last year was uh, his assist rate. It just, it climbed to over six assists per game. And uh, I, it feels like he's still getting those assists, but for whatever reason, the ball just doesn't move as well when it goes through him. I mean, what do you see? Well, first of all, is that true? Do the stats line up with what my eyes are telling me? And um, yeah, what is kind of the ideal like usage percentage for him? <laughs> I feel like it's like you read. You, uh, I, I, I love the the questioning is just setting me up to sound like I know what I'm talking about off the cuff when in fact I've done a ton <laughs> of research on this exact thing. Um, the really I just so, just wanted my guest to answer this. Yeah, um, I. So uh, there are a couple of questions in there. Yeah. So one, there there is a lot of there is a a heavy dosage of sort of catch and shoot assist opportunities uh, in, in the way the offense is running right now. And those are, are the Knicks are not making off Randall feeds at, at they're, they're making it at something like 24%, right? Like it is a very low percentage yet. It is 80%, let's say of, of the potential assists opportunities that he has. Uh, I think the blame is, is, to go around, you know, can, can be spread pretty evenly. So Randall doesn't always put the ball on the money and the shooter has to adjust, which is making things difficult for them. There are also some shots where it's just like the guy just misses, like just misses what was a good look and a good feed from Randall. Right. I think, I think the, the idea of movement really is, is critical, right? So when, when Randall passes to a dude who is moving the, conversion rate on those potential assists goes through the roof, right? So if he's passing to a cutting Mitch or a cutting RJ, or he's running a dribble handoff with Fournier or Kimba or, or, or quickly or, or whoever grinds to some degree, right? Like if he's running those kinds of plays, the, the potential assist rate goes up. Um, the usage rate is an interesting question. Cause since I, since I, mm-hmm. I did that work, a lot has changed because his usage rate is, is really declining since then. Right. Like this is really like people love to say, play the kids. I I don't know if they have been watching fully in the month of January, but the highest usage rate player on the New York Knicks right now is RJ Barrett. The most shot attempts per game is RJ Barrett. Like 
Julius is still the dude setting the table because I don't think RJ is capable of doing that yet. But like for the past month, RJ has been the guy with the ball in his hands most frequently. Um, you know, and I don't, I, I don't know. I, RJ is not, I don't, to me is not quite there yet. Like he obviously, I think the dude is young. He could get there. Um, so we're in this sort of weird transition phase, which I think is part of what's part of what's going on with Randall too, is like, he, it is, he's kind of in his head and like, is this my team? Is it not my team? What, what is my role in offense? I think there's a lot of that going on as well with him this year. Yeah. Because the weird thing is if it's just, you know, sort of confusion of like how much is he supposed to be running the offense versus Kemba versus RJ versus any point guard that all seems fixable. And, and if it's effort, that's fixable as well, I would think. Um, and we and we saw it work well last year. I mean, maybe the... I'll put a pin... I, I was thinking about the uh, uh, the teammates' assists, the potential assists, is that what you called it? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was better last year because he was getting more double teams, so there was a lot more, like, open man to pass to. Um yeah, I do. Wonder- he also just like Reggie. Reggie Bullock shot really well yeah. on those, right? So like that was like that was also part of it, right? Like he had this great two man game with Reggie Bullock that 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 worked that that he hasn't quite developed with with Evan Fournier or 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 Kimba. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily because he's getting fewer double teams. I actually think he's getting double teamed a lot more um, than he did, and those double teams like teams are are. I think teams stunted at him at times last year and would mm-hmm. wait till later in the shot clock to, to, to come at him. Like the double team is coming. You could see it last, last night against Miami. The double team is coming fast and frequently, right? It, it is coming almost constantly on that end of the, of the floor, right? Because opposing defenses recognize what a lot of Knicks fans don't want to, which is that right now the only dude who can draw that, that uh, gravity from opposing defenses is Julius Randle. And as much as people love mm-hmm. RJ, uh, it, it, he is not, he's not to that level yet, right? Like he, he, is a, he doesn't get that attention from opposing coaching staffs as they're game planning, right? So like, I think, I think the issue is Randall is being double teamed more and he's, he is that, you know, he does that jump in the air and then try to pass thing <laughs> yeah. like way too much uh, this year. Right. Because, but again, I think it's because he is, it's it, the defense is forcing his hand and and daring other players on the Knicks to beat them and and it's working for them most of most nights. Did he at all last year? I mean, I don't. He he must have played a lot with Derrick Rose last year, even though Rose came off the bench. And Rose is is in a lot of ways a traditional point guard, and that seemed to work right in in sharing usage between the two of them. So I, I just wonder why it couldn't work with Kemba, if you have any kind of insight into that or thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Right. And I don't know if it's Kemba has lost a step and is, mm-hmm. is therefore, you know, not, he's not able to tilt defenses in the way that he, he might have previously. Right. Like I, I, I think it not working with Kimba is is kind of the head scratcher, right? Like it seemed like ideally it would, because like you said, Rose and and Randall often finished games together last year, and it seemed they seemed to play off of each other really well. Um, I also know that like historically, Kimba is kind of a score first dude, right? And and you would again, you would think that someone to take the scoring load off of, off of Julius's shoulders. But again, I, I, I think it gets back to this idea that like opposing defenses don't respect 32 year old. Is that Kimba's 32, like 32 year old Kimba Walker, right. right? Like they don't, they, they, that's, you know, last year, Julius Randall and 26 year old Kimba Walker might've been a different story. Right. But like, it, it's, it's, just sort of this mismatch of like dudes who aren't quite playing up to their potential. Evan Fournier having one of his worst shooting seasons of his career, right? Like imagine if he was shooting at a higher clip, how much different things would look for this Knicks team offensively. Right. I mean, think about the Celtics game where they came back. I, he went nuts, right? He, he went nuts. And like, what a difference that made. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he shot fairly well, you know, some there's a stat somewhere, uh, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but like 
the winning percentage when when uh, Fournier scores 18 points is is significantly higher than the actual winning percentage, right? It's like it 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 just honestly it feels like they they the front office cashed in some chips to build around Randall and then everything they they brought in to build around him has not played up to uh, what they thought they could be getting uh, and and they're therein is where we are. Yeah, and I guess it is hopeful that he has worked with a point guard in the past being Rose, because that's obviously the thing the Knicks need or is like a real true point guard. I mean, maybe not obviously, but that's been a missing piece for the Knicks for a long time. And when he and Kemba couldn't work together, I started to worry if Randall could ever work with, you know, a, a, a like a primary ball handler. Um, but do you think that is like, he could work with a, like a, an elite point guard? I, yeah, I think it would have to be, I mean, I'm also very biased in that regard, like of who I, who I would love for the Knicks to land to uh-huh. be that, that dude. Like I, but it, like, to me, I, I do think him and a guy like Donovan Mitchell could work well together. Right. Because again, Donovan Mitchell is now a dude you have to scheme for. Right. And he can, right. he can score on you in a number of different ways. I, I think Randall, the, the other thing to me I, that I, I don't know the man personally, right? So this is, this is me, this is me, you know, mm-hmm. assuming some stuff, but being the second option to Donovan Mitchell is very different than being the second option to, to RJ Barrett mm-hmm. right now. Right. Like, and, and I do think, I do think if, if, that were the case. I, I think he could defer. I mean, the other thing is like w- what he's not getting credit for because people are, are focused on missed shots and turnovers. The dude is doing it again. I, I just told you RJ Barrett has the ball in his hands more than anyone else. Like I, I don't think Julius Randall has a problem or would have a problem deferring to another guy being the number one option. I think he likes setting up teammates. I think he likes distributing the basketball. I just think that's difficult to do when you are having to do that and the entire all five dudes are keyed in on you on defense and there's there's no one else that they're scheming for right like i think that becomes a difficult proposition for anybody and and any other i i really do believe he could play with just about any other dude who mm-hmm. who made the defense scheme for them okay so you I also, I, I, I also want to say now I recognize, I recognize yeah. that like I, I am in the minority to some degree, probably at this point, I recognize that like feelings have soured on him very quickly, which is it's, it's wild and sad to me how quickly things have turned. Yeah. That is surprising to me um, because it's not all his fault that things are going poorly this year. And it's just last year was one of the most magical Knicks seasons in ever probably in a lot of ways, even though they didn't win a championship. And he was just a, such a huge part of that. I thought he had, you know, earned a lot of goodwill and like a lot of leeway with the fans. But yeah. So what, what is what would you say is like the most annoying thing you hear from fans regarding Randall? Um, I think, I think my, my, there are two, I think there are two that come to mind. One uh, the idea that he is both frustrated and disengaged. Cause mm-hmm. what I will tell you is I personally, as a human being, I don't get pissed off about things I don't care about. Right. So like it, it listen, he, yes, could, it, it's possible that he is getting mad and then therefore isn't playing his best, but I, I don't think you can be both angry and disengaged in a thing. Like, I don't think those two ideas go together in, in the human psyche. <laughs> like I, I don't get mad about things I don't care about. Right. Um, the other thing to me is like I the way fans will two minutes into a game, they're already already like, oh, here we go. Another like a, another Randall game, like another. Here's yeah, you know, like it's like the dude at this point, he has to come out and play a damn near perfect game to be given like positive credit, which I, I he is he has held to a standard that he's he's earned to be put on that pedestal and and he gets paid to be put on that pedestal but he is on he is held to a standard that no other player on this Knicks roster is held to yeah I I hate the booing as well and I hate the you know the OB chance even though I I I mean I understand why OB is so lovable he's he's great uh but you know just like cheering for chanting to bring in OB when Randall's out there obviously to replace Randall like 
it's fine. I mean, I guess fans have a right to boo, and it's... I have no problem with fans souring on him or wanting him to be traded, but, like, to try and just, like, just get personal and, I don't know, like, a per- almost attack him with these boos and make him feel bad. Uh, I knew he's a professional athlete yeah. or whatever, but it's just, <laughs> right. like, like I, come on. Right. I Like, the... Um... The OB chants are also ridiculous and to some degree, right? Because like I, I also I like I I like Obi a, a lot. Like I, I think he brings a lot to the table. But I also think right now, and I know this sounds crazy because people want him to play more minutes with like which is I think you could do and still be this. Obi Toppin is in his best possible role for where he is in his career right now, which is coming in, being an energy guy off the bench, running like crazy dunking to get the crowd involved like i like that is his role like like the there it's not a julius randall to obi toppin is not an apples to oranges switch at this point because obi toppin does not facilitate offense the same way uh that julius randall does obi toppin's game is so dependent upon a point guard being able to find him right like it is that it is it is so dependent upon that and julius randall's isn't Right. Like he, he can go get his own when and when he needs to, when he has to, or, or at least attempt to get his own. It, it doesn't always go in or whatever. But yeah, I just, they're not, they're not the same player. And, and I personally think Obi is actually in the perfect role for him right now because he just gets to shine being that like energy guy off the bench and playing with quickly who he has a ton of chemistry with. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You saw that for sure in uh, Summer League to start with. So, what I don't know if you had to give it a percentage what what percent chance would you say Randall is still on the roster come this trade deadline a hundred percent hundred percent I think I think it's very high I, and, and yeah and 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 here's why like I I know again I know people have soured on him but they're they're so the first thing is like, do you remember like last year when everybody, when everybody loved him and he was Randall went on this like media storm, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think leading up to the all-star break, right. And, and he was on JJ Reddick's podcast and Woj's podcast. He wrote the players tribune article. Like he was, he was the, the literally, I saw someone tweet that he was the King of New York city, right? Like this was, this was less than a calendar year ago. Um, there was a story that came out that was like in his first year here, he was frustrated and wasn't happy. And he went out to dinner after a game one night and he had dinner with three people. Those three people were Leon Rose, William Wesley and Kenny Payne. Right. And then a few months later, those guys were now shot callers and decision makers for the New York Knicks officially on paper. They are paid to do that job. All those same guys are still the ones calling the shots in New York and they just extended him a couple of months ago, right? Like I, I find it very hard to believe that that group of people is going to trade him right now. The second thing is that would just be bad business, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you are there, what, what is the deal out there that you are getting equal value back for Randall, right? Like I, I don't, you know, maybe you love Jerry and Grant and you think he's the missing link and he would improve this team, right? But like I, I, I don't know that front offices around the league would see those two in the same way, right? Like I, maybe if you love De'Aaron Fox, right? Like maybe that is the deal where you feel like a, a couple of distress, you know, borderline distressed assets on their current team. A new change of scenery is great for them. Like maybe that's the, that's the best potential deal I can think of that's out there right now at this trade line, right? Or trade deadline. I, yeah, I, the Sixers aren't trading Ben Simmons for him, right? Like right. That's, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Like, I, what is it that you're looking for? And whatever is out there is not going to be of equal value, and so that's why it doesn't make sense to do that right now. I think what is more likely to happen is the team this off season tries to retool around him again, potentially with some some moves on the periphery. Uh, and then if that's, if it still doesn't work, if we're looking at the same thing, then I think next trade deadline, it's a different conversation that we're having. But right now I, I like, I, I don't see it because the dudes who run this team are close with him, right? I don't even know the guy. And I, I still believe in him to some degree. Mm-hmm. Imagine what the people who know him closely and came to work in this franchise because of him think. And I don't think there's a deal out there that makes sense 
that wouldn't be losing like you're you're losing value. You're you're selling him for less than what he could be worth at at a, a different time. Yeah, there's no doubt you'd be selling low on him. And um, yeah, and when his extension kicks, I mean his extension, it was a no brainer to sign it because it was less than the real max, um, four years, not five. Uh, you know, coming off, he's still incredibly young, coming off a all NBA season. I think even if he has another bad year next year, it's still, you know, you're not getting value for that deal, but it's still low enough that it's still not like a killer to your franchise. And it's still not going to, it's not like, it's not like a Westbrook deal or something. So, right. It maxes out at like 29, four years from now, right? It's like 20, 23, it's like 23 to 29 throughout the life of the deal. Like it is, it is not an untradeable contract by any stretch of the imagination. And again, you, you could potentially uh, get more for it at a later time or, or it gets so bad. You're like, we don't care. This isn't working. I don't think the people that make decisions are at that level, whether fans are or not. Yeah, uh, certainly. The, the not, team yeah. is e- the team is eating fine, so he doesn't have to go to post like he he doesn't have to go to <laughs> post game press conferences, right? Like I I you don't they're not they're not doing that for a dude that they're trying to push out the door. I I wouldn't think. Yeah, it would it would be ridiculous to show you're committed to this guy just last offseason and then change so quickly, as as you were saying. All right, well, a lot someone who has seen a lot of changes both quickly and over a long period of time is our sports historian. He goes by the name of Bert Carlson. Hello? Hey Bert, what's happening? Hello? Bert, yeah. Oh, hey there. How's how, how how you doing, Larry? I'm great. How are you? You know, I could be a lot better. Yeah, a lot better. Really? What? What would? What would be the one too, thing? You know? Is if there was one thing that can make you better, what would it be? One thing that would make me better, you know, probably. Uh, I'd probably say a, a, a whole new pantry. Yeah, a whole new pantry. All right. Yeah, yeah. Just stock me full of food, dry goods, and uh, you know whatnot. That uh, that help. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. I'll. I'll. Uh... I'll have my assistant send you a pantry. Oh, that'd be uh, that'd be top shelf of you. I appreciate uh, it. No pun intended. Uh, good evening, Max. Hello, good to see you. Good to see you too, Bert. I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of your work. I I study it frequently. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds very frustrating for the for the people around you. But I, you know, I appreciate <laughs> that. That's a that's a fine thing to say. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I like you too. You got a. Yeah, uh, your beard work is—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, it's pretty infamous uh, uh, around these parts. It, it's my crowning jewel for sure. Which is ironic because it's below your head, not on top of it. It's like you know, it's like a reverse crown, you know. Mm-hmm. But if he were to but he, film himself upside down, maybe draw like eyes right here, it would look like a face. Actually, yeah. You ever seen down. someone do that? You ever seen someone do that? Make their chin ahead? No. What are you talking <laughs> about? That's not possible. It's an old vaudeville trick. Vaudeville, yeah. I was, uh, I was railroaded out of vaudeville. <laughs> yeah. Vaudeville a was a, it was a real city back in the day, and uh, you know, if you all you had to do was, you know, you you, uh, you look sideways at the wrong person's uh, horse, uh-uh. you you're, you're gone. Yeah. yeah, is that what you did? You looked sideways at a horse, and and, and that was just like a very oh, no. specific example of of why maybe you got railroaded out. So I thought maybe there was some truth behind it. No, no, no. I was I was I was sleeping around with a lot of people's wives, <laughs> but you know it's uh, uh but uh, but the, the horse thing's very serious. You know, there's still a I believe it's a Michigan. You can still get thrown in jail technically if you have an ugly horse, which really? is an odd odd uh, odd rule to have on the books. Yeah. Well, who decides? Who decides? Oh, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. I guess. So, you know, uh, maybe it's left up to the horses. Hell, I don't know. It's Michigan. You know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Secretary of Horses they or got, something. Yeah, they got two parts to their state. They got two different states that are connected. That's a, that's a crock right there. That's a joke. Yeah. It's, it's really, I don't think there's any other state like that where you can't, where you, it's not contiguous. I guess Hawaii. Yeah. 
Yeah, Hawaii. You, uh, that was that was going to be my point too. I, well, you know, I, there's some you know there's some states that have like you know I guess uh, uh you know they've got um uh, uh you know uh, islands. That's true. Staten Island. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, that, that's a state of something, all right. <laughs> state different, of different, different. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's probably a, a much better word. Oh yeah, <laughs> you were thinking of a worse word. Yeah, much worse word. Oh man, I wonder what it was. Can't say it on air. All right, yeah. well, I'll, well, I'll you, stop you recording if you want to like say that. it. Do you want to say it real quick? I'm... Oh no, 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 I don't. I don't want to waste the tape. <laughs> That's true. I only have like one reel left. Coming out a reel to reel. Yeah, I have to do some snipping after this. Absolutely. You and my, uh, you and my proctologist. <laughs> just snip, 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 snip away. <laughs> Yeah, 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 all part of the job. Uh, a lot like my proctologist. Sorry, what was that? What was it? No, 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 Keep talking about your proctologist. Go on. I'm just saying, the, the resemblance between you two is uh, is pretty uncanny. It's daft, even. Wow. You know, it's it's possible. I don't think I'm your proctologist, but I wouldn't put it past me. No, nor would I. Nor would I. <laughs> Uh, let's just hope it comes back around whenever I got to meet my, uh, you know, my deductible. <laughs> yeah. That's when you start really racking up some visits. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, yeah. first and the end of the year, first and the last of the year is the time that I really maximize those two things. Uh, in between? Nope. <laughs> you Use it or lose it, right? Absolutely, pal. Right. Burton, this is this is really to me what I love about your work as a sports historian is just all of the all of the color that you bring in that that I feel like I'm learning about sports and other things as well. I didn't I didn't know that about the the law in Michigan, so that was a cool thing for me to learn. On top of you having just an encyclopedic knowledge of of sports, absolutely. My brain's a lot like a, my brain's a lot like a big vat of gumbo. Yeah. Uh, very literally, my brain is very literally. Uh, it's got a nice dark roux involved, and there's probably going to be some sort of a crustacean uh, skull, uh, you know, you, you, you know uh, you, you, stuff. Yeah, I've seen I've seen cross sections of of your skull and what it looks like in there. Uh, when I took anatomy well, the class, they you used your skull them. as an example. It was it was it was mind blowing to see a cross section of your skull in my anatomy textbook. No shit. Yeah, did you did you agree to those pictures? No, I never I never agreed to anything, especially <laughs> nothing in writing. So no, if uh, if they if they did it was uh, it wasn't with, it wasn't with my blessing. So uh, you know, but uh, anatomy's like you know anatomy's a, a ruthless uh, you know literally a cutthroat you know uh, mm-hmm. backstab kind of a thing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> exactly. So big time. Um. You do have this wealth of knowledge, whether it's horses, uh, sea creatures, but you know you know a lot about sports. Do you have um, you know some sports anecdote or historic tale to tell us? Uh, yeah, um, I'll tell you what. What's uh, what's uh, what, what's today? It is January twenty seventh. Thursday. Thursday. Okay, January twenty seventh. Um, let me see, you know, roll the decks, you know, the, the brains, you know, it's a little, uh, let me stir the pot of gumbo a little bit. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, a, it's a, it's a, it's a small day, but it's uh, you know, it's a small little thing, but, uh, actually, uh, uh, January 27th and, uh, 18, uh, 1890 and, uh, 1890 and four, I believe. Uh, that was actually the day the first college basketball game was ever played. Oh, did really? you know about that, Larry? I did not know about this. Max, did you know this? Between no, I didn't know the specifics. Absolutely. Yeah, it I mean, was, we uh, we, was, we both was, figured uh, there was a first college basketball game. Safe bet. Yeah, safe bet. Very few, uh, very few sports have uh, uh, you know um, uh, galactically perpetual uh, patterns. Usually, they do have a beginning <laughs> right. beginning point. Right. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was between the uh, University of. Uh, Oh, it was the University of Chicago and the uh, Chicago, um, oh, what would they call it? The Chicago YMCA. That's what it was. 
you can believe that. I don't know how they called it. A co- well, back then, the, the, you know, YMCA didn't mean what it means today. YMCA back then, it was a, it was a young men's college of agriculture. Is that so? Okay. Okay, but maybe. But anyway, you're saying it was uh, the University of Chicago versus the Chicago YMCA? Yeah. Well, that's how sports work. They're usually it's uh, opponents, you know, coming at each other. So right. There's a and when you do it like that, if you if you look at it, well, it looks more like an X, but there's like a V right there in between. Maybe it's like that. Look at it. There's a V right there. Right. You see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's V shaped. That stands for that's where the verses come from. I. Did not know that. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, and you know, like, it makes me think of, you know, those old promos for uh, for Monday Night Football with the helmets crashing into each other. Oh, yeah, and Bocephus singing, right? Yeah. You ready You ready for some football? Yeah, yeah, me and Bocephus, we <laughs> used to party back in the day. I, I like that you use his, uh, his, na- his, his nickname, I guess, Bocephus. That's what we. Uh, that's what he uses around his house. <laughs> yeah, with 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 his his children call him that. Uh, no, he just calls himself that, but he'll refer to himself in third person. Like, could you could you, somebody bring uh, Bocephus a, a a tin of sardines, and then someone will bring wow. him some sardines. And then he probably says something very racist. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's it's uh, unfortunately that's why I stopped partying with him. We used to party a lot back in the day, but I just I I, I couldn't take it any longer. It's just too it's too much. He was way into Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I bet he loves it. So yeah, yeah so, the bad side of it. So helmets crashing into each other with Bocephus singing, just like the University of Chicago and Chicago YMCA in a V shape. We got verses. It was it was just a it was kind of, it was more of like a I mean it was almost like a you know like like a, a demo what do you call it? like um you know a game that doesn't count towards the regular. Like a scrimmage. What is that call? A, this is foot. That's football. Uh, an, an exhibition. Exhibition. That's right. I knew. I knew he would know about exhibition. <laughs> He's an exhibitionist right there. Yeah, it yeah. was more of like you know an experimentation. You know, I knew what would happen. It was a. It was a, It was a game. It lasted uh, four and a half hours, uh, and the score was actually nineteen to eleven. It's very low scoring. Very low scoring. High defense. High defense. <laughs> They never stopped moving. In fact, they never stopped touching. It was like a, it was, it was like a, it was like a big, a big Greco-Roman groping session, uh, which is why it was so low scoring. Uh, the idea was actually a lot of people don't know this. The idea originally was to have the lowest score, uh, very similar to golf. Really, really, uh, that lasted all of uh, one afternoon. They were like, "Yeah, we got to, we got to change that. That's stupid." So, so. yeah. I would, I would think so. It's like, why would you ever yeah. even shoot if you're trying to get the lowest score? Exactly. Well, that's again, yeah, you're you're ahead of the of the curve was back then. Yeah. Uh, that's why you know that's why the YMCA. Uh, uh, a lot of people don't know this either. You know, the YMCA actually claimed to win that first game because they had the lowest score. There was a lot of contention between the uh, University of Chicago and the Chicago YMCA. That's why a lot of uh, people. Uh, you know, like uh, I guess it was like probably the fl- freshman class, maybe the sophomore class of uh, 1901. Uh, they burned down the Chicago YMCA, so they you know they had to rebuild that elsewhere. Really, I, I'm I I'm still a little confused. Does that mean that people accidentally make shots? Like how how did they get to 19 to 11 if the object was to not score? Well, it was a lot like well, in addition to the the uh, to the uh, to the the, the the rolling round on the on the on the floor, uh, it was also a kind of a kind of a, a, a kickball handball situation. So they were throwing it at him. So, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, they had a guy, his name is, uh, what was his name? His name was, uh, uh, Kiefer Northerland, uh, <laughs> a guy named Kiefer Northerland. Uh, and he had a huge noggin. And so, uh, he was actually the top scorer or, you know, or the biggest loser, depending on which, uh, well, you know, which, uh, qualification you want to go through on that, but it just kept bouncing right off the porcelain cap he had right there. Mm. And I mean, porcelain, that thing was hard. It was, uh, uh, I knew him. I knew him uh, you know, socially, uh, uh, you know, and it was uh, he was uh, he was a brutal guy with a brutal cranium. Yeah. What, you, what? Your third book, your third book is on Kiefer Northerland, right? Yeah. Well, chapters are uh, not exclusively. I, you know, I'm, I'm too much of a narcissist to, to donate too much time to other people. Uh, but yeah, he comes up. Uh, he yeah. comes up frequently. Yeah, You that. don't want Kiefer Northerland's head getting any bigger than it already is. 
Absolutely not. It was, uh, I mean, not that that's even possible without radiation right. or, you know, some sort of mutation situation, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good team though. It was, uh, uh, was it, uh, Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson was, uh, absolutely. Uh, which is, which is wild because his knees bent backwards. His knees bent the wrong way. Uh, so he just, the, the entire time he had, he was rebound King cause he kept running backwards. He could only run one way. So he kept running backwards and they would throw the ball. And he could see everything. Cause you know, he had great vision. Right. Uh, and just inverted knees. <laughs> so bat, he would play back to the basket as they say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, a lot of people don't know this. Well, Robert Zemeckis got the name back to the future for the whole thing was, uh, was from Bo Jamskin. Uh, Bo sorry, Jamskin. sorry, Bo Jamskin's an entirely different, uh, Bo Jamskin's <laughs> a different, uh, that's a whole different story. We could, uh, we could do- donate a lot of time to that. No, no Bo Jamskin. Um, Oh, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think he was, uh, back to the Bo, Bo Jacksman uh, was was his name. Right, that's the one. Max is paying attention. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he actually coined the term "Back to the Future" because, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people at this point, you know, this is uh, pre eugenic, so a lot of people thought that they could, you know, affect uh, the, you know, the human body goes, and so they were like, well, yeah, he's well, he's the future, and then everybody would throw the ball and it hit him, you know, and they throw it towards him. Hit him in the back, so it's back to the future. It's um, mm-hmm. it was unsuccessful until Zemeckis resurrected that term in the uh, in the nineteen eighties. Okay, yeah, Zemeckis must be a historian himself to know about that. Yeah, he's a he's a Dingleberg Humperdinck, is what that guy is. But <laughs> he's, he's definitely he's a regular uh, yeah, old Dingleberg Humperdinck. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a, it's a good way to say you know something that uh, derogative, uh, but also plug a great musician. Well, you mentioned that um, Kiefer Northerland was was a brutal guy, and you socialized with him. Um, any Absolutely. particularly brutal encounters in social Chicago? Yeah, well, you know, it, uh, you thought it would have got more airplay. Well, not airplay back then; they just had, you know, uh, you know, they had Telegraph, and then they had, you know, newspapers. But uh, yeah, he ate a newborn baby in front of his mother once. Really? Not the baby's mother, in front of his own mother, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Wait, oh, yeah, he, took a, uh, he ate somebody else's baby in front of his own mother. Yeah, absolutely. It's a newborn baby. We're talking uh, minutes after uh, minutes after delivery, because uh, it, was, it was actually in the, uh, um, uh, the Chicago, uh, it was in the center of the city. <laughs> right, yeah. This baby was born. This baby was born. Uh, they were experimenting with some outdoor births, right? In, in, in the warmer months at, at that point. Uh, oh, you know about, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. See, see, Max, can, he definitely corroborates everything I'm saying here is being actual fact. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So uh, the doula gave, you know, uh, assisted the birth uh, and slipped. Oops. Because babies are slippery like that. They cut the cord, baby slipped right out. He grabbed the baby, ran off, ran over to his mother's house. He <laughs> said, hey, mom, where's your, where's your rolling pin? Got a rolling pin, rolled the baby out flat, and then just ate the whole thing. Rolled him up like kind of like an empanada, something like that. Yeah, well, that sounds delicious. I must say. I, I mean, it sounds, sounds better than it looked. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's the doula's fault for slipping, for not holding on tightly enough to the baby. I agree. Because I think you once... Know, a jury of her peers agreed, too. Yeah, I mean, once it fell into somebody else's hands, it's fair game. In Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, yeah. Back in those days, Chicago, anything goes. You know, uh, any, anything went. <laughs> Lots of things were going on, let me tell you. Absolutely. Coming, going. Uh, up and down and yeah, 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 a lot of directions. Do you have a current favorite college basketball team? No, no, okay. no, no. I choose uh, no. I, uh, Your Chicago I, I YMCA up. all the way. Uh, once that burned to the ground and was uh, because when it came back up, it was no longer a college. It was no, you know, it was no longer college. So I was no longer a college fan. Right. I, well, I, I can't say that I was uh, an alumnus of it. Uh, because, you know, it was a love-hate relationship. Like, I loved them, and they absolutely hated my guts, and they threw me off campus every time they could. Even they even – at one point, they uh, 
the dean of admissions bought my home and then kicked me out of it, saying that it was a, a satellite campus. So uh, I don't know why I continued to love the YMZ. You'd think I would have taken it personally. But no, I, 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 was, I was like the Titanic. I was, I was there to the end. I mean, as Knicks fans, I feel like we kind of get that we, we, we sort of understand the sentiment. Like we get where you're coming from. You get bullied by a professional sports team, Max? Kind of. I, I Sort of. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know if bully would have been the first word that I used, but it feels accurate. Like emotionally bullying. Yeah. I could, yeah. 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 The Knicks, uh, you know, the Knickerbockers, right? I think that's what they, you know, that's what the, is that what that, that's what, that's what that means. Right. Right. Or is it Nick of Time? <laughs> no. Nicks of Time? Knickerbockers. The Knickerbockers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Is it? Is there? Is there any, like, movie or something called Nick of Time? Or show? Of Maybe course there is. Of course there is. It's got, uh, yeah, of course. It's got uh, uh, Johnny Depp and um, um, uh, Christopher Walken is a, is a part of that. And as a matter of fact, I believe Charles S. Dutton is well really i'm gonna have <laughs> max can you corroborate yeah. this um i am looking i am looking up to see if this is in fact uh, a real movie and sure enough uh what? johnny depp uh charles dutton and christopher walken uh nick of <laughs> time very much that johnny rolodex is- wow that rolodex is firing on all cylinders right, right now a real a real clean shaven um, wire rimmed glasses wearing Johnny Depp. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a political thriller. Mm. Yeah, well, you know all about politics, Michigan politics. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, mostly actually, I'm just a, a fan of Charles S. Dutton. You know, he actually, uh, uh, yeah, he did prison time once. He stabbed the guy. Mm. I did not know that fact. That's a fact. Yeah. You know, he, he overcame his past. You know, he's a uh, yeah, absolutely. He overcame his past, and he went on to star the, in the show Rock. Show. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. Yeah, it was yeah, on the Rock. Fox Network, yeah. if I remember correctly. Rock was a hell of a show, man. That was, that was, that was, a, that was a keeper, as they, you know, as they say. Uh, but, but, of course, it got canceled. <laughs> right. They didn't, in fact, keep it, though. Right, right. They kept oh, it for yeah. a little while. All right, well, to a minimum, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Bert, for sharing that knowledge with us. Yeah, you're goddamn welcome. Yeah, I think uh, I know a little bit more about college basketball than I did this morning. Um, speaking of, for? well, speaking of college basketball, watch this. <laughs> One of the a former college basketball champion. Jalen Brunson from the Villanova Wildcats is rumored to be traded. And one of the interested teams is the Knicks. Um, Max, would he be someone you'd be interested in trading for? Yeah, absolutely. I just think the, the cost is going to be interesting uh, Mm -hmm. because to do it at the deadline, he he only makes like 1.8, something like that, like 1.87 million. Right. So making the money work, um, it's going to be an interesting thing with him, right? So it would almost have to be like the Knicks included a bigger salary and took back a bigger salary from uh, uh, from the Mavericks as well. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I just think the the making the salaries work is going to be the interesting piece with him. Yeah, I think their asking price is going to be pretty high, and and they might even still be hoping to keep him. Or they could just keep him for now and then do a sign and like work out a sign and trade in the summer. The the one that makes the salaries work perfectly, which I'm sure a lot of Knicks fans wouldn't want to do, is trading Mitch for Jalen Brunson. Mitch who? <laughs> Mitch Robinson. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Mitch Weber. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Different Mitch. Same old weather. Um, I mean, that's an interesting trade because they're both in the same scenario. Both could be both free agents this summer. Dallas does need a big, uh, Knicks need a point guard, but I I don't see that happening. I I can't see the Knicks parting with him until, unless they got, unless it was for like a big piece, right? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like uh, the move that they would make to consolidate, right? Like that's just uh 
I think potentially thinning you out at a different position to yeah. strengthen point guard. Like it, it feels like if there's going to be a consolidation move, it's going to be a like potentially Kimba and and Noel or Kimba and Burks for someone, uh, something along those lines. I, I don't know that Brunson works. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people would be frustrated <laughs> if it was just a straight up Brunson for Mitch deal. So speaking of that thinning out uh, because there is, you know, somewhat of a log jam at the wing position at like the two, three, and they just got Cam Reddish who you would think they intend to play. So I'll go through some Knicks and you let me know if you think past the trade deadline, they'll still be on the team. Uh, Kemba Walker. Uh, Kemba, Kemba is Kemba's a, a no. Okay. I agree. No. Um, Alec Burks. <sighs> I think yes, just because he's versatile. Like his his natural fit is not to play point guard. He's sort of been thrust into that role. I I think Tibbs likes him. Um, I think he'll be here post trade deadline, just back in a different role. Bert, what do you think about Burks? Is he with the Knicks or without the Knicks come February eleventh? February eleventh? Yeah. Oh, I'd I'd probably uh. Well, it's still cold, so I'm, I'm imagining he's still going to need some knickerbockers. Uh, you, you know, you don't want short pants, like too short pants. You want to be, you know, yeah, I'd say stay. Okay. I say he's not on the team just because I think he's he's a piece oh. that a contender would want and they'll move him. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, Max. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. Bert. I think that's a joke name. Are you making fun of me? Yeah. Okay. You should see how well, it's spelled too. It's not spelled the the same way. That's right. How how is it spelled? It is Q U I C K L E Y. Oh, E Y. Well, you know, that's a, you know, that's a sign of uh, is, is that is that Irish? Um, I think so. <laughs> it's it for ire. Yeah. You know, they say that, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, whiskey, you know, when you when you're spelling whiskey, there's a uh, uh, SKY and SKEY. And that's got a lot to do with uh, countries that it comes from. Countries that uh, have E in the, in the name is uh, spelled with EY. United States and Ireland being two of the most obvious. Everything Bert says is true, right? Like that's that's a hundred percent accurate, which really worries me about this dude eating a baby story. Like that is, <laughs> yeah. The, the the details of that uh, have to be true if history is teaching us anything about everything else. Bert is saying, absolutely. I, I'm I, from the mouth of babes. Uh, was originally uh, from the mouth of Bert. And I was like, I don't want. I don't need credit from that. And then so. when the, when uh, Bo Jacksman was or was. Or was it? No, it was Kiefer Northernland. Uh, Kiefer Northernland, that's correct. Kiefer Northernland. It's not from the mouth yeah, of the, babes. It was from the babes to mouth. That's absolutely. Yeah, you're quick on the uptake on that one, Larry. Quickly on the uptake. Oh, touche. Manuel who? Manuel quickly. Uh, I also say he is still on the team. Um, who else we got? Uh, Derek Rose, I say yes, still there. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that's like Tiz's favorite yeah. toy. Like, he's not parting with that. Yeah, same with Taj, still there. Um, uh, Barrett, still there. Um, who am I missing? Is Nelson still there? <laughs> Nelson gone. Greg T. Nelson's gone? What happened to Greg? Where, where'd he go? He uh, He got another job. No shit. Yeah, well, Greg, you're, right. you're saying Greg T. Nelson, not Craig T. Greg, Nelson. Greg, Greg, not not Craig T. from Coach. You're you're saying Greg T. Nelson. Wholly different guy. Uh, related. They're they're, uh, they're uh, third cousins, but uh, yeah, we're going with Greg. Okay. As a matter of fact, Greg T. is a little. He's actually a little older. He was pretty pissed off at uh, Craig. Uh, but you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Craig T. Nelson was uh, uh, he was taller than him by two and a half feet. <laughs> yeah, that's how he got the Greg, acting gig. Absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, uh, Greg looked more like, you know, Craig looked more like a T. Uh, yeah, Greg looked more like a, like a lowercase I. Yeah. <laughs> but still went by T as his middle name. 
you know, it was his, uh, it was his given name. So he was like, I take it. But his name was actually spelled T E E. Yeah. It's not, it's not short for anything. It was just like T was his middle name. Which is the irony because he was short, but uh, no, he went full fledged on the name. <laughs> but Gregory, Greg wasn't short for Gregory. It was just Greg. Right. And Craig was short for Gregory. Craig All right. So, so, uh, so Max, you think Kemba is probably the only like guard that's going to be off the team or anybody else you see being moved? Yeah. I mean, I, I could see, I could see Nerlens potentially, mm-hmm. uh, being a part of a deal, which is I, I, when he's healthy, I really like a lot of what he brings uh, on the defensive end. Um, uh, but I could see Nerlens Noel being traded. Uh, I, I don't think Obi goes. I, I know there's like some rumblings like if you're not going to play him, you know, or, or give him more minutes, like trade him somewhere else or, or what have you. I I think Obi is too attractive a piece to to throw away like that, right? I I I, I again, it, it is very clear the Knicks front office is gearing up for some major move to to push in chips for a star, uh, and Obi is a guy that I think you want to keep around for that. I don't think you want to mm-hmm. throw him away to a, another team so that he can get more minutes elsewhere. Yeah, especially for nothing big, if it's just trading him by himself and just like a retooling. So. Seems like it'll be probably a quiet deadline. Maybe a few pieces will be moved or swapped out for another piece, but um, no big moves and more or less the same team come February 11th. Bert, I, I mean, it's what you... happened. It's what happened last year, right? Like yeah. historically, they they made they made the Derrick Rose trade well before the deadline. And then we're quiet the rest of the time. And everyone thought, oh, they're going to they're gonna package this for Lonzo Ball, potentially, so they have the right to, to sign him in the offseason or, or a million different other – They were maybe they'll trade for Fournier last year. And none of it happened, right? Like, I, I think this team has made their move, um, and, and I think they're going to be sitting out the rest of the, the, rest of the sort of trade kerfuffle, um, and they're, they're going to rock with what they've got. Yeah, and I, I have faith in this front office. They – it, it really does feel like for the first time we have a front office that just knows what they're doing. So they're going to get it right more often than not. All right, Max, um, anything you'd like to plug before we leave or tell people where to find you and where to find your work? Uh, yeah, I'm at the Max Hoover on Twitter. Uh, most of my stuff is published by Daily Knicks uh, when I'm writing about the Knicks. Um, I have a, a little bit of, of my own like Substack that I do a little bit of work on uh, from time to time. Um, not as much as I should, but it's there. Um, and then occasionally in, in some other places. So yeah, just but the it's always the Max Hoover on Twitter. You can find all of my writing linked there. Very nice, Bert. Anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm, I'm gonna be having lunch at the uh, at the uh, VFW in Ozark, Alabama, uh, coming up next week. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna have it uh, uh, three out of five uh, weekdays. I'm gonna have lunch there at the VFW. Um, uh, they don't they don't know that yet, uh, <laughs> and I actually I probably shouldn't have plugged it because I'm not supposed to be there. So if if anyone's listening from that, I, uh, this takes place in 2021, right? Yes. Wink. Wink, wink. All right, all right, good. Definitely not going to be there next week, uh, first week of February in 2022. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's the extent of my, uh, my 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 calendar. Well, I'm pretty open next week, so between you and me, I'm going to go down to Ozark, Alabama, and watch you eat lunch. Yeah, absolutely. I'll throw you some scraps. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, give me some brain gumbo. Uh, it's some sort of sea crustacean or creature of some sort stir it up and uh i of course am at larry the athlete on all social media and you can subscribe to larry no sports wherever you get your podcasts may all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder